Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to talk operations security. I think we've all heard the term OPSEC, but what does it really mean, and why does it matter? Joining us to answer that question is Matt Crombie, NOC AD Security Operations Division Head, and Mike Fiorella, a Security Threat Specialist with NOC AD. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. So Mike, let's start with you. What is OPSEC? So simply put, OPSEC is just critically examining your day-to-day operations from the adversary's point of view. Now, it's not a traditional security discipline wherein physical security or ComSec or information security has a very set set of rules and guidelines. Uh, we jokingly say where those have their lanes, OPSEC is the entire pool. Now, there is a five-step official process for this, but really, kind of in plain speak, it's really just a matter of figuring out what's important to you, who wants it, how are they going to get it, what are they going to do to get it, and then take steps to mitigate that risk and put in countermeasures. Yeah, so to piggyback off of what uh, what Mike just said, you know, really OPSEC is supposed to cover the gray area in security. So like I mentioned, all of the disciplines that we have that protects our classified information and that protects the, the kind of the day-to-day things that we do, they all are very black and white and they're all covered by policies and instructions. And OPSEC covers the stuff that's not really covered by that, you know, you know, from, from what we're doing uh, on a day-to-day basis at our desk to the test activities we have going on the range, et cetera. So we use the process to um, identify the threats, like Mike said, and you know, apply appropriate countermeasures to make sure our stuff's not being stolen by the bad guys. It's obvious that, that OPSEC is important, but why does it really matter? So simply put, because of data aggregation. Uh, we're generally concerned about the aggregation or the collection of unclassified data in order to paint a bigger picture. Uh, think of it like a puzzle. The easiest way to put that puzzle together is to build the framework. Kind of give you a baseline of, you know, where the pieces go and the foundation to start with. As you start to make progress to fill in the puzzle, you'll understand what that image is, even though the puzzle isn't complete. You know, you're 60, 70, 80% done with that puzzle. You know what that image is, but you don't have all the pieces. So if you're telling us that our adversaries are piecing together the puzzle using small bits of information, where are they obtaining access to this type of open source intelligence? Well, you kind of touched on it. It's right there. It's open source. Uh, That's anything out in open source domain, whether it be magazines, blogs, people's social media, conferences, etc. What it really is, is building a loaf of bread out of breadcrumbs. You're taking bits and pieces here to stuff them together to make something bigger and more filling. Yeah, another way to think about it would be uh, compilation. It means the same thing, right? So let's not be naive and think that, that what we're doing individually doesn't make a difference. Because it does. You know, We have people here who are specialized as, as BFMs and contracts and, and electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, aircraft engineers. All these different folks across the board are providing their expertise and their specialities to what becomes a piece of that puzzle. As a member of the workforce, what is the best way to avoid contributing to that bigger picture? So really you want to make sure that you don't overshare that information. It it is important, even if you might not think it is, because the bad guys are out there looking for that stuff. They are trying to aggregate the information. They're trying to data mine, like Mike said. So, you know, we know that your fancy whiz-bang gadget and your Ewok speeder bike that you're trying to finish it at a, you know, fast rate to get out to the fleet. We understand that's important, but just don't talk about it outside the context that you really, really, truly need to. It's important to also consider, too, this data aggregation, they're not mining data just to get data. What they're doing is getting as much as they can and they're trying to pull out indicators. 
Um, those indicators could either be a weakness or exploitation, previous benchmarks of capabilities we used to have or where we're going forward, or maybe a gap or something we're trying to fill. So that's why data aggregation matters. It's not so much the raw data, but it's the information that's gleaned from that data and then how they can use that data to exploit. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned knowing the risk. How can you use OPSEC to perform a risk assessment? In any, any sort of assessment that we do for, for risk, we are you know, looking at something like an opportunity, intent, and capability of what the adversary is trying to do to obtain our information. So let's, let's, let's have a little example. Let's pretend that we're developing a whiz-bang gadget of some sort in a lab, and that lab decides to start a joint effort with either a university or a foreign company or even, even a commercial enterprise. We have a lot of those here at, at Nokia D and Nabair. So these partners are going to have the opportunity to be around information that we have, especially unclassified information. We allow them that access to, to be involved in this process, help us develop these things better and, and get out quicker to the fleet, et cetera, right? So they're going to have the opportunity to be around the information, either physically or through data sharing on the IT side. But then what's their intent? Are there foreign nationals or nation state actors who may benefit from obtaining that information? What about the capability? Are the joint partners knowledgeable in, in what it is that we're developing the, at the micro level, right? Like we're obviously partnered with them for a reason at the macro level, but is there something in particular that they might know about that, that we're not thinking about? You know, these joint partners are knowledgeable about the portion of the WizBang gadget that we've identified as being critical. If so if they, if they meet all these criteria of opportunity, intent, and capability, then there's a potential there that they can collect this information and do that data aggregation that Mike spoke about previously. So we want to go through that entire process and say, all right, this is something we need to look at more in depth and then maybe apply that process that we you know, initially discussed of, of the actual OPSEC process to say, you know, hey, what is it that they really want? Because we know they may be interested. We know they have the capability of doing it. We want to make sure that we get this whiz-bang thing out to the fleet, but we also don't want it to be compromised at the tail end of this when we're actually using it out there. So how do we go about identifying critical information? And then once we perform the risk assessment, what steps should we take to protect ourselves and the organization? I think it comes back to understanding what the critical information is. Not just for you, people think critical information, they think proprietary information, the program information, that gee golly whiz widget that they were getting ready to build. But it's also other information such as, you know, your personal identifiable information that someone might leave on an Excel spreadsheet and accidentally toss it out the wrong way. When you understand what's important, then you understand what needs to get protected. If you're not having a real self-assessment of what's important to me and what's important to my program, you can't take any steps at all to try to protect that information. Now, we're not asking anyone to live this super 007 cloak and dagger life, but we are asking you to kind of honestly self-examine your day-to-day from your program and uh, you, you know your work life to consider what's being given away. You mentioned earlier, where does the risk assessment come in during the OPSEC process? It comes in at step one and it never leaves. It's something that you're bringing in at every step, whether you're considering your critical information or you're trying to figure out who might want my information or how they might get it. At every step in that process, you're examining the risk uh, associated with whatever that you might be considering. So Mike, give me an example of how someone can use tiny bits of seemingly harmless information easily accessible on the internet to piece together a potentially harmful or exploitable bigger picture. Yeah, great question. So when I first started here at Navier, gosh, just under two years ago, uh, I ran a bit of a social experiment. I wanted to go online and see how much I can find out about a current employee here at Navair. 
again, I, I timed myself. It took 24 minutes, if I recall, from start to finish. And I was able to start just with a generic list uh, on an open source social media site. And I was able to aggregate information all the way down to uh, home address, places that they frequented, types of projects uh, said person worked on, specializations. And then the crazier thing about that that people don't understand is that, yeah, there's this information that I can pull together and paint a big picture, but I'm also able to infer a lot of information. So through the social experiment, I was able also to infer based off where they lived and work sites, likely routes people were going to and from work, uh, general area of income where they might be. And these are the things that are exploitable by you know adversaries, just by not only what you're putting out, but also things that family, friends, coworkers, pages you may be liking, sharing, or commenting on, and that such. It's, take, it's creating, again, like we said, that bigger picture. We're getting 80% of that puzzle. I don't know the specifics, but I can see generally most of everything I need to see about you. So that's some pretty scary stuff. So other than getting off of social media altogether, which seems nearly impossible these days, how can someone safely use platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, etc.? Really, a lot of it comes down to the settings that are built into the different social media sites and understanding that those exist and then utilizing them you know, to the best of your ability. It, as simple as that sounds, a lot of folks just don't realize that and they think they're putting pictures out about their you know, their, their child's birthday or, or where they go to school or a dance recital and that's great. But again, it's all pieces of the puzzle that point to an individual. And then off the social media side of it, we see it all the time, especially in smaller communities like down here at, at Pax River. People are out talking about what they do and they think it's, it's fantastic to share the information and we understand that you can work for an amazing government organization, but at the same time, all that uh, all that compilation of information that you're that you're putting together and throwing out there is potentially making you a target, both individually and across the organization. So, you know, loose loose lips sink ships, and loose tweets sink fleets, and all the all those ridiculous sayings that everybody kind of rolls their eyes at. You know, they come from something, and they have a meaning behind them. And we need to make sure that, that people are kind of adhering to that, and you know, don't talk about work outside of it. Yeah, I mean, Matt's exactly right. If I could give uh, one piece of advice outside of your security settings, um, I mean, your social media, your outgoings and relationships, I mean, keep it vague and, you know, keep it general. Like I said, we're not asking you to be, you know, a super secret agent, but I mean, to be blunt with you, there's no need to talk about it. At the end of the day, it is all about the data aggregation, the compilation of that information, and we want to make sure that all those pieces of the puzzle stay inside the puzzle box. Sounds like that's just another good reason to leave work and work. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Great discussion on OPSEC and how we can all do more to protect ourselves and our organization. That's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.